Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto. Whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back, you'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan. What a name. I know, I always get this. Like, you got a, an awesome name. When I was, my son was born, look at this. I'm 10 seconds into the episode, and this is already a squirrel. Squirrel! I have something that I need to talk about today, but I'm just going to tell you about this first. When my son was born, who is Richard Jordan, I've always gone by Rick, or when I was a kid, Ricky. And it, uh, that that is just, that's another life to me, because I hated being called that. But Richard Jordan, a guy comes up as I'm looking at my son through the glass at the hospital, and... He's like, oh my gosh, Richard Jordan, that's like the name of a judge or something. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like it's after he's the the fifth in line here. We've all had different middle names. But back on to the episode here. So if you don't have a good name, make it up. There's my my odd tip for today, okay? <laughs> Mentors, coaches. My dad died when I was 16. And he was always around to lift me up, give me advice. It, it was amazing. But after that point, I was kind of thrust into this zone of being just sort of alone and going at it. You know, I had to achieve things on my own at that point. My mom was not exactly in the right emotional state of being for a couple of years, rightfully so. I mean, I couldn't imagine if Jaina, my wife, just passed away suddenly. That would be just crazy to me. And I, I don't know where my mental state would be. Going through what I have in life, I probably would be able to push past the hurt and the pain and continue on day to day while still having this deep hurt inside, but I wouldn't be the same. I had to raise my brother and sister for two years, get them up, get them dressed, get them fed, drive them to school when I was just 16 years old. Still, I, I loved to be social. I loved to hang out with friends. I was involved in a youth group at church. I played guitar. I led the band. And after that, there was this scenario. I, I, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go after whatever I want to. I've always had that all-in mentality because I, at that it's like, what does it matter? Stuff is going to happen in life. I already went through probably what I felt and still do feel was probably the worst experience in my life with my dad passing when I was 16. And after that, it's like, well, shoot, what can't I achieve? I'm just going to go after everything because if I got through that, I can get through any issues and break down any walls and go after anything. I got this. There's the key. I got this. It's good to have self-confidence. It's really good to think that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. However, the part that I didn't grasp right away, especially at that point in time, is that you always need help. There are always people out there that have done more than you, that have achieved more than you, that have done things faster than you, that have made a bigger impact than you. And those are the ones that you need to pull from, that you need to learn from. I didn't realize this when I was young. Like, you know, I'm just going to go after it because I know the things that I can do. I've always been very good at recognizing my own weaknesses and areas I'm not strong in and also recognizing my strengths. And when you're young, when you're a teen, when you're in your 20s, you tend to be a little bit more cocky. And I was. I remember when I was talking about the 
youth group that I was a part of, see, the, the, the worship leader in the church, she was moving on to something else. I think she was moving away, and I was only 18 years old at the time. I had been doing this now. I was confident in myself, and I called a meeting with the pastor of the church. said, hey, can, can we just sit for 15 minutes? Because I'm looking at this, I'm like, this would be a lot of fun, and I think I have something to give people. This is what was going on in my head. Now, when I sat with him, he was like, yeah, sure, Rick, no problem. I had a good reputation in the church for the most part at this time. And I sit down with him. He's like, yeah. He's like, what do you want to talk about? And so his name was Dave Davidson. How about David Davidson? <laughs> it's, and he was, a, he was a great man. I mean, it really was. Very compassionate, very caring. And I sit down and thank God that he was that compassionate and caring to where he didn't just slap me back in this moment because it isn't what I needed at the time. But when we sat down, he's like, yeah, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I hear Sylvia is leaving. Sylvia was also a mentor to me. I played drums under her in the main band of the church for several years while I was leading the band for the youth group in the church. And she was incredible. I mean, just would always give me chances to shine, would always push me past obstacles that I had and tell me that I could do better. Because no matter how good you were, I started playing drums when I was five years old, really, really young. And that was my dad that taught me in our garage, set up a drum set. You could hear it all over the neighborhood. He set this up for me. And just five years old, I'm playing an entire full kit. Now, if you think that's good, my brother is actually even better of a drummer than I am. I kick his ass in guitar a little bit, though. (laughs) And I knew that I had what it took. And then I started teaching myself guitar at 12. And that's what I was leading with, you know, because it's difficult. I mean, the Eagles have done it right. Other bands have had drummers who have been the lead singer, but it just doesn't work as well. You're behind this big barrier of a drum kit. So I'm like, you know, if I, if I want to lead something, I should probably learn something else. And guitar was just super interesting to me. So Sylvia took me under her wing and was able to stretch me past these moments and say, Hey, you know what? You're good. You're really good, but you can always be better. So I knew at this moment, at least I thought I knew when I was 18, that, you know, I think I've got what it takes. And I was confident in my musical abilities. I was confident in my ability to put together a band. But what I didn't realize is I still needed more experience, more training in just leadership, period, as far as going towards, because everyone on this worship team was pretty much older than me. I was only 18 years old. So I sat down with, with Pastor Dave Davidson. And I say, you know, I hear Sylvia's leaving. That means you're going to need somebody. And I just look him straight in the eyes. I'm like, I got this. I'm your guy. Put me in. And I, I, I don't know what he was thinking at this moment because that isn't even the way that I said it. It was way more cocky than that. And I'm like, I'm your dude. You know, there, there's no, this is my thought process. There is no other choice that you have right now. And I know that I'm the guy because I can rock this for you. Now, that in itself, having confidence in your abilities, is never a wrong way to go. You should know your strengths. You should know your weaknesses. But in this moment, he stepped in. When Sylvia was moving away, he stepped in as another mentor in my life. And he just said, he's like, you know what? I don't think you're quite ready yet. But what I want to do is I want to sit with you weekly. And I want to go through some things with you in music. His degree was actually in music outside of seminary, which was amazing too, because he understood structure, he understood theory, he understood obviously how to lead a group of people and inspire them because he was a pastor. Uh, He was just an extremely compassionate guy. So instead of just shoving me off and saying, this is just some cocky 18 year old, he told me 
And I, I want to sit with you every week. I want to help you grow. You're not there yet, but I know you can be, and I want to help you grow. Even though I didn't know that I needed it, he understood that I needed it, and thank God that he didn't just cast me aside. He's like, I want to pour into you and help you. That was the point to where I was able to look back on and say, you know what, maybe this is something. Maybe this is something that everybody needs in every area of their life. I'll fast forward a few years. You know, I did end up, by the way, I did end up leading that church. And when that pastor, when Pastor Dave Davidson resigned, I was pretty much the one that was leading the entire church at that point. And I was only 19 years old. It was an incredible experience. And I, I'm grateful for it because it really taught me a lot about leadership and a lot about combining and meshing different personalities together. I had to work with people that were, no joke, 40 years older than me when I was only 19. And it, now that I look back, you know, being turning, I'm 39 right now, I'm going to be 40 this year. Looking back just 20 years ago, how much I've learned, how far that I've come. And I know that the only reason I am where I am today is because of the mentors that I've had in my life along the way. Fast forward. It's 2007. I know the twins are coming along. That's that Richard Jordan that I was talking about, you know, the, the, the judge name. And Ariel, my daughter, she is amazing too. She was just beautiful, captured my heart from the moment she was born. And I don't care. This is a squirrel, but squirrel. She, every time I think of her, she just makes me smile. I always tell that to you. You just make me smile. It's every single day, no matter what. She could be having a bad day, and I'll just look at her and I'll just smile because of who she is. 2007, I find out that I'm getting laid off a week before my twins are going to be born. And this is the choice I've talked about many times before. Now, do I, with no income coming in, how do I pay my mortgage? How do I buy formula for my kids? That's a choice to make between them. That's a non-choice because you, you have to do both. You have to put a roof over your kid's head and you have to <laughs> allow them to survive. It's just, a, it's a crazy choice. But even when I couldn't afford it, even when I was just freelancing out of this, when I went into business on my own, I still, to the dismay of my wife, at the time is that I hired my first coach who was $800 a month. And at the time, you know, that, that's what, 10 grand a year or something like that? At the time, that was $10,000 that not only did we just not have because it was going towards other things, even if we had it, it was probably not the right fiscal responsible move to dump this into something that wasn't formula or a mortgage. <laughs> But here I'm thinking because of who was able to show me when I was young and just say, you know what, you're not there yet, but I'm going to help you get there. I want to meet with you weekly that I saw that I'm diving into something that I've never done before. And there are others who have done this very successfully. Now, that's where I started. You know, nowadays, I mean, just last year alone, last year alone, it was about $200,000 that I spent on mentors and coaches. But I started with just $800 a month. My point there is no matter where you're at in life, in business, invest in yourself. You need to realize that the only way you're going to make it as far as you want to is to have others guide you along the way. It is impossible to achieve everything you want to achieve without somebody else to guide you. At the very least, you can learn from their mistakes so that you don't make the same things. Or you can see where they got to and you can even improve on their process. It's always the, the great goal of every coach, every mentor to have their students surpass them. 
That that gives me so much joy. And everyone that I've coached throughout my life is seeing them do things better than what I even did. It's amazing to me because then I even learn from them. It's like the, the student becomes the teacher. It's fantastic. That was my, going back, my first coach when I started, his name was Ramsey. And I'm not going to give his last name to protect the innocents. <laughs> he was really, really good for me because he hit, he was doing a couple million dollars a year at that time, which is still small business, right? Typically speaking, you know, but who wouldn't like to make seven figures a year? Uh, and here's me coming out and I, I don't even have that $10,000 to give him, that $800 a month. But I'm diving in, I'm all in, and I'm saying, no, the question that every entrepreneur asks or should ask is not, or not to make the statement, I can't afford this, afford this. The question should always be, how can I afford this? That is the mark of a true entrepreneur, in my opinion. You never see the obstacles as a barrier. You see it as something that you can overcome, especially when it comes to finances. I always say that money is a tool. If you see something that you're just like, oh man, you know, if, if only I could do that right now, it's not worth anything if it doesn't stretch you. That $800 a month was extremely stretching to me right now, especially when formula for my twins cost $450 a month at the time. They had to use this special formula because they, they were twins. They were born young. They were born smaller, you know, not super small. Together, they were 11 pounds in my wife's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine that having 11 pounds of baby inside you and two babies. That, that's just crazy. Squirrel. They weren't small, but they needed this special formula in order to keep it down, which there was no generic. There was no target brand or anything like that, you know, some alternative. It was $450 a month. It was $75 a can. And because it was twins, we were going through eight cans, 10 cans a month. Crazy. If my math is wrong, I don't care. Suck it. Okay. <laughs> I just remember it was $450 a month and it was a lot of cans. Still, I was dumping $800 a month into a mentor, into a coach, and I just knew, you know what? I need to make this work because there are things that he knows that I don't know that can accelerate my plans, that can get me someplace faster, that can show me things that I could have never even learned on my own. I was with him for two years, and then I get to the point to where I feel like I outgrow him, which can happen, and you know that is okay. So I've had several coaches, several mentors over the past 20 years, and all of them I have felt like I've outgrown at a certain time. And I can tell you why, too. I'll let you in on a little secret as to why, now that I'm going down this road and opening up this rabbit hole. The reason why I felt like I've outgrown them is because they themselves did not continue to evolve. There's a mentor right now, Clint Arthur, who has done my media training, who has done a lot of my speaking engagements, speaker training. One of the reasons that I've stuck with him is because he continues to evolve and continues to try to improve himself. He's not teaching what he did or something that he used to do or something that he just thought up in a room and said, this would be fantastic. I think I'm going to throw this out there to all of my students, even though I've never done it. He continues to evolve himself and learn himself and grow on his own with mentors, with coaches. That's why you can find someone who you can stick with. Every coach prior to that has not been that way. 
It's always been they've stayed in their spot, which is great, but that means that their knowledge can end. And as much as they want to pour into you as, as best as they want to be able to help you, they can only teach you to a certain point, and that's to the extent of their own knowledge. After that, you know what? Instead of a coach, instead of a mentor, they could become a partner. They could become a, a joint venture. That's cool. But once your coach reaches the extent of their knowledge, then it's time to move on. And I've even have, the, have had the reverse in my life now to where I've shown my coaches a couple things or two. That's where the student becomes a teacher because you surpass them. And I wish for every single one of them that's been in my life that they would have continued to evolve and accelerated. And here's, here's one thing I see. When, when coaches or mentors get to a point, they might have had a business you know, or a couple of businesses. And this is pretty typical, especially in my space in technology. There's a lot of mentors and a lot of coaches out there that have had businesses like I have, cybersecurity. They build them to a certain point and then they sell them. They cash out, which is cool. That was probably their goal to begin with, their exit strategy. All good. No problem. However, they get to the point to where they are now teaching what they did five years ago. And technology in and of itself, if I'm using my field as an example, is an ever-changing daily hourly, rapidly changing industry. How can you teach what you did five years ago when you sold your business and have it possibly apply today? Sure, there's basic principles. Now, I did an episode on the five obstacles of sales, right? Those are basic principles because that gets into human psychology, but operations, finances have even changed. There's different measures that are in place nowadays to get business credit than there was five years ago. There's different stipulations. Even the same banks don't exist today that did five years ago. How can you have a program that is relevant now and you're calling yourself a coach and a mentor when you have not continued to evolve yourself and you are teaching what you did, not what you're actually doing? Find a coach, find a mentor that is actually teaching you what they are doing, present tense, right now. Of course, you want to take a look at the historic aspect of what they've done and all their successes, their wins, and see what got them to that point. Because it, I hope you're choosing a coach that is further along than you. There's, there's no choice in that. There shouldn't be anyways. Pick somebody that is way further along than you and can bring you up to their level. But the goal is that hopefully they can never bring you up to their level because they continue to evolve themselves. I love that. I love looking around and seeing those that want to continue to learn, that don't think that they've made it. If you think that you've made it at any point, this is a struggle of mine. I don't even stop for a minute usually. And Sarah knows this, right? I don't usually stop for a minute. And Sarah's my, my amazing marketing manager. I barely ever stop to just say, awesome, that was a huge win. It's something that I'm learning on. It's something that I'm working on. It's just the way my brain's been going through conditioning, through the situations I've had in my life. It's like, awesome. This is really cool. We just achieved a win. My team just achieved a win. We rocked the house on this, but this still isn't the goal. And even when we reach the goal, it's like, awesome, cool, but now there's another new goal. <laughs> That's great. I continue to drive forward, continue to press on. However, stay there and bathe in that thing for a short period of time. I want to encourage everyone else in one of my weak areas is to stay there and enjoy the moment, even if it's just for 
the moment and then keep crushing it. Keep moving on at that point. Hopefully you have a coach that will encourage you to do that too. That's another situation I see with what's been successful for you five years ago. I've talked a lot about my weight loss and then everyone wants to know, how did you do that? I've told the story a lot and you know what, as long as it continues to inspire people, I will continue to tell that story. However, for me personally, I don't look in the mirror and say, dude, Rick, you crushed it back in 2013. Yeah, man, you're so awesome. Look at you. You're still down 80 pounds, still down 90 pounds. Way to go. No. Stay on it for 24 hours and then move on to the next thing that's going to inspire other people. You can hang on to that story for other people, but don't hang on to it for yourself. Don't think that you have ever arrived. And don't ever hire a coach that feels like they have arrived. Find a coach, find a mentor that is going to bring you up to the next level while still trying to learn themselves. I've had other coaches in between where I'm at now and where I was with Ramsey 12 years ago. Here's another life lesson, another business lesson. There was a point to where Ramsey had some business troubles. And he was great because, uh, you know, coming out of being laid off and having twins, my credit score sunk down in the 400s. And what can you do with a credit score, credit score in the 400s? Nothing. Zero. I've spent a lot of time building that back up. I learned a lot of good hard lessons out of that, but it just was what it was. If you don't pay your mortgage, your credit score is going to drop. I didn't feel like I had a choice at the time because I needed to buy food for my kids. It's just what happened. You make things work. A credit score is not everything, but it will help you obtain what you want in life, what you need. Ramsey went through some difficulties in business, and he was one who taught me this whole concept in my industry called hardware as a service. And I'll explain just real quick what that is. Instead of a client purchasing, we'll just say a computer from me, you know, a $1,500 computer, whatever it is, I'll say, no worries, it's $50 a month for three years, and then we're going to swap it out. It's, there's a lot of wins on both sides for that. One, it's because of the way that it's structured, and I don't care giving my secret away on this, the, because Ramsey taught me this. The way that it's structured is that there's an assignment of residual. It's called at the end of this contract. I'm going to get really deep into some business strategy here. There's an assignment of residual. It's structured as a lease, but now it's a rental because the rental is the financial responsibility of your client. And the assignment of residual, which is the dollar at the end of it, everyone's familiar with dollar buyouts on leases, the dollar that's the end of it is assigned to my company, which means it is my asset, I own it from day one. So I can depreciate that, write it off on my taxes, and the client gets the benefit of the operating expense, they can write off 100% of the payments on that. This is where I'm saying it's a win-win, it's awesome. And then as it comes to a close, you cycle back through that and you say, well, you still need computers. It's our equipment and I don't let you keep the equipment beyond three years because the failure rate of a new computer goes from 11% on day zero to 78% at the end of that third year. It's just not reliable and predictable anymore. That's why I swap them out every three years. And these are studies by Microsoft, by Google and their data centers, where these hard facts come from. At the end of that three-year term, we refresh it. Now they get a brand new system. Their payment usually stays the same. They can continue writing off 100% of that 
rental, that acquisition of hardware, that asset that they need, but I can depreciate the value on it again because of that assignment residual. The end. This is what Ramsey taught me. And because of my low credit score at the time, I could not get funded directly by the underwriters. So he would play the middleman and say, no problem, I will buy the equipment for you and I'll take the prefund because he was making money on the interest. That, that was his whole thing. He was a broker for this kind of thing with the, with the underwriter, with the leasing company. Good plan. I mean, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to help other MSPs at the time get into this thing as hardware as a service. And most MSPs still do not do it right. This guy was a genius when it came to this. And an MSP, by the way, is a managed service provider. It's the, the next gen of IT support. It's not just your something's broken, come and fix it. It's someone who actively manages. And even now, MSP in 2019 is kind of old school. Everything now is focused on cybersecurity and managed security. If anyone you talk to, for, if, if you, you own a business out there, if anyone you talk to does not lead with security first and they just talk about monitoring your crap 24-7, they are old school and you should not do business with them ever. They should always be talking about security first because the IT essentials, as I call it, is something that every firm should just do, period. The focus is on security because that's what's going to keep you protected. And then on the backside, they're going to keep you up, keep you running. He taught me this whole structure of hardware as a service. He got into some difficulties, and I don't remember what the difficulties were, but then I stopped getting my money from him. I got burned. So here I am just two years into freelancing, and I got burned for about $150,000. I was able to recover out of this. However, even though he taught me a great deal as a coach, as a mentor, and th this is good to know because there are some coaches and mentors that you will probably make some bad decisions on and think, why did I ever do that? I thought that for a brief moment with him, but then I realized how much he actually did taught me because this structure that he taught me, I have made millions on since. He was a genius when it came to this. And now I'm the only one really that understands this structure in the whole United States. And now I'm teaching it to other MSPs, other IT firms, so that they can take advantage of it as part of my coaching. Even though I lost 150000 of what some might consider, oh, that was a bad choice, especially when you're so young, you've got a young family. No, I always talk about the one thing on this show is that you can always learn from anything in your life. And the one thing you have to pull out is in every single relationship that you have. I guess today's one thing really is the whole premise of one thing. Even from Ramsey, I was able to pull that out and make millions off of a mistake. I'm doing air quotes, off of a mistake as others might see it. Was he a good coach? Yeah, he just ran into some hard times and I was the brunt of his mistakes. People will burn you, but you can still pull good out of that, whether that's moving on in business. And even now, today, if I were to call him up, you know, even though he did me wrong, if I were to call him up, we could still have a great lunch together. We could still have a great conversation together. Every once in a while, he'll hit me up on LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, you're, you're rocking it, man. You're crushing it. I'm like, thanks, you know, and a lot of it was because of how he started me. I've had other coaches along the way too that I've only stuck with for a year and a half. And you know, Robin Robbins was one that I recently left because it, she does not continue to evolve. Same thing, you're gonna find these individuals. There was some before that in between there. It, it just is the way that it is. And most coaches and mentors, you will find that. So if you can find the rare ones that continue to evolve, 
you're winning and you're going to keep lifting higher because they are lifting themselves higher and bringing you along with them. Still remember that even when you run into these bad relationships and something happens in the middle of it, you feel like you wasted money, you probably didn't because it is always your responsibility in any engagements, any relationship, any business venture to pull something out of it that you can use for the future. Not everything is ever all bad. There's always something good that you can pull out of it and use for the future in your life. So wake up right now. Here's your straight truth. You need to wake up and understand, like I finally woke up, that I could not do these things alone. There is no greater good that you could do for yourself right now than to go out and find a coach, find a mentor that can help lift you up to the next level. Why grind away and just make little incremental increases in your life, in your business, in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in your friendships, in everything that surrounds you? Why would you be satisfied with just moving on little bit by little bits? rather than making leaps forward. And the only way that you can do that is not alone, is with a coach or mentor that is evolving themselves. That's the straight truth. I hope that you pick something up from this. I know that you did because you need, it is your responsibility on all. And I always give you one thing, but you still need to grab out of this show, every episode, what you have, because I have insanely awesome guests. Today, it was just me. You got all of me. I always want to bring all of me for all of you, for anything that you need. Grab out of this what you want. Take the straight truth to heart because I know there's so many out there that are trying to do this on your own. And you're just going to keep grinding away and not achieving what you want to as fast as you want to. Stop banging your head against the wall. Keep moving forward. Find somebody to help you. And that's it. Rock your world. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.